Welcome to the Sunbury Press Book Show on the BookSpeak Network. Sunbury Press publishes print, electronic, and audiobooks under a variety of imprints and categories available worldwide wherever books are sold. And now your host, the founder and CEO of Sunbury Press, Lawrence Knorr. We're at the Christian Baker Farm near historic Boiling Springs, Pennsylvania. My guest today is author Carolyn Kleinman. She's the author of The Class Assignment is Murder. In The Class Assignment is Murder, a Jewish college professor encourages three of her students to examine an old murder case, never dreaming that her students' investigation will not only trigger more deaths, but will also resurrect clues related to her mother's unsolved murder. In addition, the novel comes equipped with reader discussion questions. Carolyn Kleiman is an English and English as a second language teacher. Her debut novel, Love, Faith, and the Dented Bullet, is both a chaste love story and an historical fiction book. Her mystery, The Class Assignment is Murder, was inspired by true crimes that occurred near her home. Carolyn lives in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, with her husband, Stephen. Carolyn, welcome. Hi, I'm glad to be here. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I'll just say on our behalf, it's about time we got you on. Uh, you know, your first book came out in 2021, Love, Faith, and the Dented Bullet, and now we have your second novel. Thrilled to have both of them. I'll just say, I think the first time around, you know, we're all going through COVID uh, in one way or another, and that probably impacted some things back then. But uh, tell us a little bit about your background. How, how did you turn into a novelist from being an English as a second language teacher, an English teacher? Well, I guess um, being an English teacher, books, and I always thought that the most important thing is a library. And so my dream was always to have a book of mine in a library, and I would feel that sense of pride and that sense of being part of the history of what I'd been taught as an English teacher. And also, as an ESL teacher, I could point to my accomplishment with my students and say, this is what happens when you grow and you do something that enables you to have your dream come true. And uh, I think as an older author, uh, this has been a dream come true beyond belief. I sometimes tease my friends that I'm the Grandma Moses of literature, but uh, when you have a dream come true, uh, it enables people to also see it's possible, and it's been very satisfying and very rewarding. Yeah, and uh, you certainly haven't just published a book and looked at it in a library and sat around. I know you've been out talking about your books and uh, and giving presentations. I, kn- I know with the first one, for instance, Love, Faith, and the Dented Bullet. Maybe let's talk about that since we didn't have that on a show in recent years, and, uh, and then we'll get into the new one. So Love, Faith, and the Dented Bullet's a, a bit different, and it, it has um, an interesting love love story to it and an historical connection to uh, to World War II. Maybe, maybe give us a little bit of a synopsis. I wanted to write a book, because I am a teacher, that would cover things normally not covered. There's a lot of World War II books out there, but they often deal with the concentration camps. I wanted to tell people about something a little different they might not know, and that is a death camp. So in my book, A Survivor of Treblinka, a horrible death camp, uh, manages to have a skill that keeps him alive. And he gets to the United States after the war, and he wants a quiet place to live. 
And because I live in Lancaster, everyone seems to know about our Amish. So I wanted to incorporate something again people would not know. And actually, Mennonites are the more prevalent group, even in more numbers than the Amish. So I listened to my neighbors who had wonderful stories about their mothers and their grandmothers, and I thought, I can put these stories into a book and enable people to share the culture that I'm learning about in this new town that I moved to. And I wanted also, because I did have relatives who died during World War II uh, in the Holocaust, to commemorate their memory by creating a story that would be remembered and would be unique. And again, there are a lot of books out there that cover the war, but mine is the only one that kind of tells you about a different part of the war, brings my survivor to Lancaster, and also enables people to see how important it is to have a bond where you can forgive and be forgiven. Mm -hmm. And my characters both have a lot of secrets in their past, and they need to go through this transition. And luckily, it's been well-received. I have uh, actually done 28 PowerPoint events with the book, and I've enabled people to learn about a whole different part of the world that they hadn't learned before. Wow. 28 PowerPoint presentations. That's quite a few. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, and still going. I'm still booking. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, full disclosure, I have Mennonite heritage uh, as well. And uh, so what was interesting about us Mennonites that you you found? Was there anything uh, that you didn't know before that you thought was really unusual or interesting that you wove into the story? One of the kind of very soft and fun details is one lady told me that when her Mennonite grandmother would go ice skating and she had a boyfriend, she couldn't hold her boyfriend's hand, but she could if they were both wearing mittens. And um, every church in the Mennonite faith also doesn't have just one doctrine. Uh, There's a lot of differences among the churches. So my book is set in the early 1950s when my character comes to Lancaster, and I learned that there was something called a TB church. And unlike the other Mennonite churches, it was the only one that allowed you to watch TV. (laughs) The TV church. Why, let's go down to the TV church, because we want to see Jackie (laughs) Gleason tonight. (laughs) Yeah, gotcha. That's that's very interesting. I I didn't know that. I I know that there's... um, Unfortunately, you know, the reason there's Amish is they broke off from the Mennonites. Um, but it, there's a, so many different sub-branches, and it comes down to little disputes about this or that, uh, what kind of technology they want to use, and what, what, uh, what they, you know, specifically what they wear. Yeah. Um, but, hey, <laughs> it's, and it's an, an interesting aspect of the culture. So... Um, you you said uh, you were fairly new to Lancaster. Where did you grow up? Well, actually, we've lived here now for almost 37 years, so it has become home. But I grew up in the Twin Cities of Minnesota. I was born in St. Paul, and I went to the University of Minnesota, and I taught for many years in the Minneapolis public schools. And uh, uh, at that point in time... 
there was a great influx in the 80s of all kinds of new students from Laos, Vietnam, the Hmong, Cambodians, and there was a real need for an ESL teacher. And I do have family still back in Minnesota and very <clears throat> fond students who live there, too. Well, what, uh, what brought you to Lancaster 37 years ago? My <clears throat> excuse me. My husband uh, had a job offer, and uh, we moved to the area. And uh, he uh, eventually worked for several different companies. And we put down our roots and had a home and raised our children here. I see. All right. Well, we're talking to Carolyn Kleinman. We'll be back in a few minutes. Sunbury Press Books brings you the work of independent authors. If fiction, whether historical, murder mysteries, or spy thrillers take your fancy, check out Milford House Press. Releases of interest include the J.R. Lindermuth series, including Fallen from Grace, The Hawthorne Inheritance by Kate Dyke Blair, Reasonable Doubts by Donald Dewey, or the Alexa Williams series by Sherry Knowlton. Explore by clicking on the Milford House tab at sunburypress.com. I'm talking to Carolyn Kleinman, the author of The Class Assignment is Murder. And uh, Carolyn, longtime school teacher, and this story is starts in a classroom. So um, I, I know also a bit of this story is based on some truth. So maybe talk about how this story came about. What got you to write uh, the class assignment is murder? Well, the old adage is you write what you know. And as an English teacher, it was very easy for me to create a character that was a female English teacher at a college. I have taught college courses in the Lancaster area, and uh, I knew how this character would think, how she would act, and that made it very easy. This is a story that had to be written for me. Uh, When we first moved to Lancaster, I met several people at a nearby church in one of the... uh, Actually, it was a Mennonite church, and I had a casual relationship with one of these women. I would talk to her at the grocery store or the bank, and I was very, very shocked, and this was the early 90s, when I found out that this neighbor of mine had been killed in a very violent way. Her 14-year-old son murdered the mother, the father, and his sister, and then raped his cousin. It was such a world-altering thing for me because I never expected when I moved to Lancaster, which is so so much more rural than the city of Minneapolis where I'd been living, um, that I thought of it as a peaceful place. And I never expected to have my world rocked that way. And it was strange because over the years, I could not forget the story. And I really didn't find closure when I followed the case in the papers at the time. And it always was there in the back of my mind. Now, at about the same time that we moved to Lancaster, something personally rather scary happened to us. Um, I had moved into our home, and no one knew us. And I looked at the driveway one morning, and there were sketches of of 
people being led into a concentration camp and into an oven. It was crudely drawn, and it really scared me. It said, Jew, you must be murdered. And I had two very young children. My son was three, my daughter 16 months, and I was frightened to let them out in the yard. I recall the police. It became documented in our area as one of the first hate crimes. And I was just shocked. Now, my neighbors had their driveways desecrated, too, but it was with crude sexual things. And they just slapped it off and said, look, it's just chalk drawings. They can be washed away. Hmm. But that's not true when you feel great fear. And it's not true when you are looking at this thinking, I don't want to be singled out. I would have even accepted if my drawings had been like my neighbors. And I don't want anyone to resort to using these symbols like the Nazi symbol to scare me. A short time later, oh, a few years actually, but not many, our temple in the downtown Lancaster had swastikas put on the doors. And I wanted somehow to incorporate these feelings of Lancaster that I did have when I first moved here. Not that I wanted to uh, make more of the incidents than they were, but to show people that any sign of prejudice hurts. And also, in the story, I had to have closure for why the killer would kill this family. There wasn't any in the paper, so I got to create it in a story that was fiction. And sad to say, I did a lot of research. Unfortunately, a triple murder and rape is not unusual in the United States. And I thought this would be a way for me to find all kinds of closure, a catharsis, and a way to share some of those feelings that I had harbored for so many years. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's some pretty heavy stuff. And uh, I'm so sorry to hear about your experience with your, in your driveway with the, uh, the nasty things that were written there and in, in the 80s. Obviously, it sounds like probably just some stupid teenagers um, acting out, but without, and, and you'd like to think that it's naive, that they don't really understand what they're saying and how you would feel about it and how the other neighbors would feel about it. But recent events, you know, the last few weeks, this really strikes strikes home, hits home, uh, thinking about that. That in our country and around the world, there is still uh, those kinds of feelings out there and uh, what to do about it. And I, I'm just speechless about what's, what's happened recently. So, um, but that's not what this show's about. So I don't want to take <laughs> us down, down into anything really negative. Um, but that's the power of fiction. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can read all kinds of things in the newspaper or in a, a history book. But if you make people relate to a character and understand that character's feelings on a one-on-one human level, you're actually teaching and registering more of a response than you'd ever get with numbers. 
and with uh, statistics or even uh, just a factual account. It hits home emotionally. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the wonderful part about taking things from your life, the good and the bad, because a lot of the good things I had in my life, like exciting students to do a class assignment, are in this book as well. So then it resonates, and that's the wonderful thing about reading a fictional book. Yeah. So... We're going to take another break. I'm talking to Carolyn Kleinman. She's the author of The Class Assignment is Murder and also Love, Faith, and the Dented Bullet. We'll be right back. Sunbury Press Books offers work by independent authors. Our imprint, Catamount Press, explores literature and creative nonfiction of the Northern Appalachia. The writings of P.J. Piccarello, including the Northern Appalachia Review Series, an annual publication for under-recognized literature. Also check out Dennis LeBaire's Appalachian Gross Dog, a boomer's memoir. Find these and more at sunburypress.com. I'm back with Carolyn Kleinman, the author of The Class Assignment is Murder. And Carolyn, you had talked about 28 PowerPoint presentations. Were they all love, faith, and the dented bullet, or do you also have a PowerPoint presentation for the class assignment is murder? Well, the ones I've done so far have all been for love, faith, and the dented bullet. And I've been able to go to book groups. I've gone to a lot of uh, communal living places for uh, seniors who have the graduated living. I have also gone to churches, synagogues, uh, and um, so, uh, like Masonic Village, uh, and a lot of um, individual people have called me up who have book groups. I went to a uh, wine tasting book group, for example, in Thornhill Winery. So those have all been with Love, Faith, and the a Bullet. Now, I have developed a PowerPoint for the class assignment is Murder, which is a murder mystery, mm-hmm. and it's called Unraveling the Mystery of Mysteries. And I start off by uh, showing people the history of the mystery, which started off with Edgar Allan Poe, and I show them all the various genres of the mystery. When I wrote the class assignment is murder, I really thought I was writing what they call a cozy. Uh, this is uh, very much like you would see on Murder, She Wrote or the Hallmark Mysteries. It has all those elements. I have a amateur detective. I have friends who help her. I have a love story that winds a bit through the story. And I have um, the detective working with the police to solve a murder. In fact, two murders. So the book runs along two lines. And um, the PowerPoint I've developed is is a little trickier because you don't want to give away the ending of a mystery. But I do show people how the ingredients of the mystery, motive, opportunity, and a means work through and how you put in red herrings and what a red herring would mean and how you would work through uh, the development of a mystery story. Yeah. Have you had any uh, interest in that one as far as opportunity to present or you really haven't tried yet? Well, I have two uh, events coming up, um, so I was very glad the mystery got published in time for them. And I also am now in the process of sending out emails, making calls, and actually visiting places in person to leave a flyer to uh, encourage people to start booking my events. And I had been told I have a 
rather thick notebook of uh, people interested in the next book because the first one went over so well when I did the PowerPoints that people gave me their email addresses and uh, contact information. So I'm in, in the process of getting that started. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I've often coached our authors that uh, one of the best ways to sell more books is to write another one, and it seems to grow if you can build one after another. And uh, so to that end, what are you writing now? Do you have another idea for book three? Well, I've started a project. I um, am having a bit of fun with it. As an ESL teacher, uh, I've noticed that on the shelves there's a lot of memoirs about young people who have gone through the transition of coming to America, learning the language, and trying to fit in. But these are usually written by young folks, I mean, the people who are in high school or college making this transition, and they're writing about their difficulties of learning the language and what that would mean and how they might have felt some discrimination or with people who helped them. But what I noticed is that what I've been working recently with a lot of older Vietnamese ladies, and it's been very gratifying because these are women in their 50s and 60s who have never eaten a hamburger, who don't know how to put gas in their car because the English is scrolling across. And they uh, are so limited in their exposure to what they can do. Um, with, we, we had a field trip to Philadelphia, and they said, oh, there's more to see here than just eating Chinese food. And I said, <laughs> yes, there is. And they were astounded by the Liberty Bell and, and everything on, that was historical, Betsy Ross's house. Um, but th- their world is very small, and I enabled them to get out and see. And in return... Uh, I do this as a volunteer. They tell me wonderful stories about their lives in Vietnam and how things have changed since they came here. So I thought, uh, again, this is something I've enjoyed. And when I tell people uh, about their stories, they've enjoyed them too. So I thought, why not put it in a book? So I've been working on an ESL teacher's experiences with older Vietnamese ladies, mm-hmm. and um, it's something they they can't write themselves, but I can. And I thought the interesting part would be to contrast Vietnamese fairy tales with American fairy tales as I have them talk about these and then weave their stories around the morals of the fairy tales. Now, this is, this is going to be nonfiction, though? More... Uh, more I'm, of a memoir? It, this is going to be more uh, of a memoir? Well, actually, so far, uh, it's more of a fiction book only because these are very shy women, and I think they'd feel uncomfortable having themselves identified. But I've created kind of a composite character, and um, they like her very much. And uh, it's interesting because I thought I would include a foreword to this book where they explain that they are very comfortable with this character and that she does represent them accurately. Yeah, we'll have to talk about whether we say it's fiction or nonfiction. It, it's okay to mask the the people uh, and their identity, and but still tell the story. So, mm-hmm. all right. Well, uh, 
all very interesting work and uh you know each book is very different from the other so i have to give you that uh what do you have coming up here in the the next few weeks anything you'd like to announce to our listeners well, uh, only that I'm very proud to share that Sunbury Press has launched my new book. And I think everyone will find it very interesting, if you like a mystery. Uh, and uh, the fact of the mystery is that it's not just one murder that needs to be solved, but two. Um, there is this need to find out if the man in prison committed the crimes that the teacher has her class look at, but the teacher also experienced a murder when she was a child, and when she was five, she saw her mother killed, but did not see the face of the person who pushed her mother down the stairs. So, unlike a lot of mysteries, there's two strands, and both need to be resolved before the book ends. Uh, As far as me personally, uh, my job, since I am having the book come out now is to uh, get as many bookings as possible to reach as many people and in the next couple of weeks I hope to increase as I say the bookings because having a PowerPoint is a wonderful way not only to talk about your book but to show pictures and to make the book your own and how you collected it. My, I do a lot of research for both of my books, and I make sure that at least three sources are in them. And, of course, if you looked in my computer, you might wonder what kind of person I am because <laughs> I have things, how much time it takes for blood to leave yeah. a fabric, mm-hmm. how long will fingerprints stay on paper, uh, <laughs> and I make sure it's all accurate. That's <laughs> pretty funny. Yeah, I, I, I can only wonder uh, what they would think about mine, too. All right, well, Carolyn, but this this has been a wonderful conversation, and uh, but we must go. So Well, I enjoyed it very much, and I thank you. And I am very excited about my two books and very grateful to Sunbury Press for publishing them. All right. We've been talking to Carolyn Kleiman, the author of The Class Assignment is Murder and Love, Faith, and a Dented Bullet. This has been the Sunbury Press Book Show. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Sunbury Press Book Show on the BookSpeak Network. Check out our website at www.sunburypress.com for our latest releases. Be sure to subscribe to our newsletter to receive special offers and discounts.